Now, beloveds, I know you're wondering why we don't fight against that church being closed, but listen to this. Now can we? Better to be at Caesar's Palace throwing your money away. All the way over to the protesters. Okay, now you know why. We can't have no church going. It gets too wild. to that whistle. All right. I think today we're going to take a dive into what's going on so that you might be better prepared. Um, this is going to be about propaganda. So the first thing is there's a short list of inputs, and it's sort of like English, you know, when you learn to write. What, where, why, when, how, and who. The general sources of information are telephone taps, analysis of garbage, surveillance, and behavior of children in school. Have you got that? The standard of living by food, shelter, clothing, and transportation. Telephone, itemized record of calls, family, marriage certificates, birth certificates, friends, associates, and such, memberships in organizations, political affiliation, 
and you thought it was all secret. Personal buying habits, your consumer preferences, checking accounts, credit card purchases, and tagged purchases that have to do with United Product Code products. Assets, checking accounts, saving accounts, real estate, business, automobiles, etc., safety deposit, a bank, and stock market. Liabilities, creditors, enemies, loans. Now, we go to how the government decides to gather some extra information, and they do it with, on the free sandwich principle. Uh, you know, eat now, pay later. So, how do they do that? Well, welfare. Collect a lot there. Social Security, USDA surplus food, doles, grants, and subsidies. Internal Revenue Service, OSHA, the Census, and all of those wonderful government agents that come to you in emails, over the phone, to your door. It doesn't matter. It's surveillance. Now, programming, habit patterns, and that's what it's about, habit patterns. Strengths and weaknesses. Activities. What are your sports and hobbies? What do you fear? What are you angry about? This goes to the who's your enemies? What kind of a crime record do you have? Hospital records? Drug sensitivities? Reaction to pain? How many admissions for whatever problems? Psychiatric records? Fears, angers, disgust, adaptability, reactions to stimuli? Violence, suggestibility, or hypnosis, pain, pleasure, love, and, of course, sex, which none of us really have a handle on, apparently. Then the methods of coping or adaptability of the behavior. Consumption of alcohol, consumption of drugs, entertainment, religion, and other methods that they say of escaping from reality. I kind of think that religious factors might be escaping into reality, but I have a different viewpoint. Payment modes, do you pay on time? Payment of telephone bills, energy purchases, water purchases, repayment of loans, house payments, automobile payments, payments on credit cards. How many payments do you have? Do you have any assets or do you just have debts? What's your political sensitivity? What are your beliefs, your contacts, your position, your strengths and weaknesses? That's an all, always, always important thing to look at. Your projects and activities. And then legal inputs for behavioral control, which are basically excuses for investigation, search, arrest, etc., etc. And quite interestingly, I found when I was looking at my bar file that they've been investigating me for drug dealing for over 10 years. But I don't drug deal it. You know, uh, they caught me doing some stuff back in, oh, the mid-60s, 69. I haven't dared to cross them again because I know I'm on their radar. Okay, so we got controls, manufacturing, controls the availability of goods. Let's see, we got some people there we could think of. Fauci, Gates, when it comes to money, the Rothschilds. Controls the prices of commodities. Oh, the insiders. Controls services, the labor force. Unions. Controls payments to government officials. Lobbyists. Controls the legal functions. Packing the courts. Controls the personal data files. Oh, talk about hearsay to them and slander. And, you know, slander is spoken, but libel is what's in the data files. Controls advertising, controls media content, contact, 
controls material available for your viewing, disengages attention from real issues. That's very important because I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Engages emotions, creates disorder, chaos, and insanity, controls design of more probing tax forms, controls surveillance, controls the storage of information, develops psychological analysis and profiles of individuals, controls legal functions, controls social, sociological factors, controls health options, preys on weakness, cripples strengths, leeches wealth, and sustenance. Okay, so what we have here is the beginning of a common plan or conspiracy for acquisition and control. Antifa, National Socialists, um, you know, you name it, communists. They're all the same. What we have right now is a Bolshevism because it wants a violent revolution. They're through with the Cold War with us, okay? So the acquisition of control is the same as foreign aggression. And these crimes against peace are violation of international treaties and agreements and assurances. And that's where Trump is letting us all down because the crimes against peace are crimes against humanity. These are war crimes against the civilian population, which is all the military and the rest of them do. They hardly go after real enemies face to face. They push the public into fear, confusion, and submission. The crimes against humanity are basically persecution on political and racial grounds. Black lives matter, but nobody else matters. That's a racial ground. Political grounds, oh, we hate every Republican. Shoot them in the head. You see where I'm going? So auto-suggestion and social suggestion, what we tell ourselves and what others are telling us. Well, what are the others doing? Let's go back to one of the statements here at the Nuremberg Trials by the, the prison psychologist, uh, G.M. Gilbert, Ph.D. And this was in Nuremberg Diary, in he, which he wrote in 1947. You and your Nazi philosophy and paganism and attacks on the church and morality simply destroy all moral standards. It is no wonder that such barbarity resulted from it. Are we seeing barbarity in the streets? Yes. Why? Look at the paganism. Look at the attacks on the church. You can go out and burn things and bomb police stations, but you can't go to church. And for some people, church is sports. You can't go to the sports stadium and, and have a good time with your friends. I'm not big into sports, but I understand it. All right, so blind obedience and conscience. You can't have a conscience with blind obedience. Let's face it, that's a fundamental. So propaganda has to be used for rabble-rousing. Kriegs and friends, it's, it's to bring war about. There's nothing else. So it's a criminal breach of faith and sovereignty to break the peace and all non-aggression treaties. And that's what we're up against right now. So that's the nature of the conspiracy. And if we look at what the basis of propaganda is, let's go back to 911 because some of you weren't alive then. But those of us who were, were astounded at anybody. I mean, if you had any education. I mean, I played with blocks. If you hit the blocks when you stack them up in a column from the side, 
they don't go straight down. They always have a vector force, and, and Newton was right. For every force, there's an equal and opposite force. In other words, uh, the kinetic energy is contained into a static nature after moving things around. There was no stasis except the controlled demolition of the two towers. And everybody laughs when you bring up Building 7 because there was nothing to bring it down except that it, would been, it had been set up for demolition. But there was a lot of things that went down in the demolition of the two towers. Probably the other one, too. A lot of debts that didn't have to be repaid. A lot of documents that we'll never see. General Moltke credited with the humanitarian brevity, most aggressive fighting is most humane, is probably considered the sh father of shock and awe. The function of propaganda does not lie in scientific training of the individual, but in calling the masses' attention to certain facts, processes, necessities, etc., whose significance is thus for the first time placed within the field of vision. When did you start thinking about a cold virus? How many times have they brought up the mask? How many times have they brought up COVID? COVID-19. If you really want to break the spell, Try this as an exercise. When you're listening, mark down how many times they say something. And the stuff that they say the most is designed to direct your attention away from what they're really doing. So, what are they really doing? They want to turn us into slaves. They want to kill us because they think that they can run with robots and never have to pay a penny. But you know... None of them have talked about the fact that human nature is human nature. If we're all gone and it's only the elite, who do you think they're going to eat next? Oh, yeah, the feudal lords, the feudal corporations will go against each other until there's one massive corporation. <coughs> now, that will cause an eventual, maybe it takes hundreds of years, accretion. And the weight of that accretion of power will cause its ultimate destruction. But we're in the beginning stages of it being put together, and so they have to not use science, but the art of attracting attention. Not the significance, but what is it substituting for? And it has to be adjusted for the most limited intelligence. You've probably heard that we don't have the... Uh, uh, memory of a goldfish. I heard recently that back in the day that I was young, most people had an attention span of 30 minutes. That's a lot more than 10 seconds, brothers and sisters, a lot more. And memory is how we grow. If we don't remember things, we become like the animals. And that's why most of the people hooked into their games and phones and computers and all the rest of that, are acting like happy animals at the trough. As long as they're happy, they don't care what's happening to somebody else. They can go to the slaughter. You know, just like an animal farm. Oh, we're taking him off to rest, uh, the old horse there, old Major. Maybe it wasn't Major. I forget what the horse's name was. But 
In fact, because they couldn't read, he was being taken off to the slaughter factory. They don't want you to know how to read. They don't know. They don't want you to know how to think, how to use deductive reasoning, how to use inductive reasoning. What observation is about? You could call it for simple minds at this point, paying attention. And I hope you're paying attention to what I'm saying. The art of propaganda lies in understanding the emotional ideas of the great masses and finding through a psychologically correct form the way to the attention and thence to the heart of the broad masses. What is the emotional idea? Well, it's that Trump's a fascist, that everybody who, who voted for Trump is a fascist, that everybody who's for the Democrats is not a fascist. And so by definition, their opinion has labeled Antifa as anti-fascist and everybody else as fascist, when in fact, the Antifa are just like the brown shirts, the black shirts of the Second World War, but most of you are too young to know anything like that. You don't know that the way that the dictators have always come at you is by taking the most vulnerable and giving them power. You know why? Because they're so grateful that they will do anything. They will put you in a, in a camp. They'll gas you. They'll shoot you when they're told to shoot you because they have power. They're no longer downtrodden. And so that's always been the lure of communism. The downtrodden will become the rulers. They will become the new elite. But as I said before, this is all human nature. They will fight amongst themselves. They always will because it's about power. And none of them, really, none of them trust each other. So it becomes like every other communist state has been and is most readily acknowledged now in China, they're afraid to do anything. They're watched 24-7. Their garbage is checked. If they want to kill themselves, they can't. They're suicide nets. They start working when they're very young. They're nothing more than convenient robots, but they kind of cost too much with food. It'd be nice to just have it all done, and the, all you had to do was have a wrench and a little oil, maybe change the battery from time to time. This is how they look at us. They want us to be returned to the beast status in the barn, happy as pigs in shit, so to speak. So you have to understand that they can't give you a full definition. They can't give you a full explanation. It has to be, COVID's killing everybody. There's more cases than ever before. Are there? There's, there's tales of, of how they're counting 15 people for every person they, they says has COVID or gets tested and the tests are always positive. What's that about? What are they testing for? I'll tell you, PCR, polymerase chain reaction, is DNA fingerprinting. So it's taking what's in there, all the bacteria, the normal stuff, all the detritus. It's like going through your dandruff and everybody's got a little something in their dandruff, flakes of skin. Let's start there. And it gets a little greasy and gets into those little hairballs or whatever you call them. And so you test positive for being a grease ball. Doesn't mean you're a grease ball. It means the test says you're one. So there's nothing there. The polymerase chain reaction, the PCR, 
does not tell you that you have COVID. It says you got all kinds of stuff that COVID could have caused and comes from other things. And everybody's got it. They're not telling you the truth. Fauci hasn't even seen a patient in 40 years, I understand. How does he know what he's doing? Let's stop there for a minute. Wouldn't it be cool to say to Bill Gates, who I know is in his 60s now, because I know him, and Fauci, who's 79, and I'm kind of between the two, I think Fauci and Gates, because they're in the, the group that's most at risk, should take the full course of their own vaccines before they bother to have any of the rest of us take it. That ought to shut them up and slow them down. Come on, Bill. Step up and drink the, the Roundup. Come on and take your own vaccine. Get those little nanobots in your body changing your DNA. Let's see what happens with you. And maybe in five or ten years, I'll go, hmm, that's not so bad. On the other hand, I have a sneaking suspicion that I'll look at you in five or ten years and go, oh my God, I'm glad I didn't take that back. Vax. So, remember, they have to keep the issue so simplistic that it's one word. The two towers. Terrorists. Muhammad Atta. Terrorists. You know, it just... I saw it when 911 happened. We couldn't go through a day without every 10 or 15 minutes, even more at the first two weeks, being reminded and seeing pictures of the falling towers. Not Building 7, of course. But that wasn't important at that time. They were propagandizing us. And we got TSA, and we all dutifully take our shoes off and our belts off and let them feel us up and down and go through everything. It's just the way it is now. It's the normal world. So we're heading towards a normal world according to them, which really doesn't make any sense. Now, does it? Does it make sense to you? They must confine themselves to a few points and repeat it over and over and over and over and over. <sighs> so, the receptivity of the great masses is very limited. Their intelligence is small, but their power of forgetting is enormous. The conscience of these facts, all effective propaganda must be limited to a very few points and must harp on these in slogans. That's the reason for slogans. Until the last member of the public understands what you want him to or her to understand by your slogans. No walls, no borders, no USA at all. Whatever the way they do it. They don't want our country. They don't want a republic. That For years I've heard them talk about democracy. I've always known we're a republic. A democracy is a very dangerous situation. It's why Socrates had to take the hemlock. Yeah, the hemlock. Let's not be unaware that the Greeks have been through everything. They know what these people are like, these tyrants. Okay? The slogans. Yeah, they gotta, you know, everybody's gotta understand the slogan. They don't want our form of government to survive. This great experiment in the people, not a king, not a religion, and certainly not a social economic 
equality to such an extent that nobody has anything. Everybody's got to have a pair of sneakers or nobody has a pair of sneakers. You see how crazy it gets? All right. As soon as the slogan... and Well, the slogan has to try to be many-sided, but the effect will be piddled away for the crowd can neither digest nor retain the material offered. So you have to keep it simple, stupid. In this way, the result is weakened and in the end entirely canceled out. That's why those of us who have an education are at great danger. They have to get rid of us. They have to get rid of us very soon. Think about that. They've, they've torn women who were intelligent in Egypt limb from limb. One of the greatest uh, scientists invented the Astrolab. They can't stand intelligent people. That's why a lot of the, what they call the brain drain is now coming from people who realize that there are certain classes of people who are going to be up for the firing squad before others. It's going to be people that can teach others the situation going on and how to get out of it. They're not going to make sure that you get your education. They're going to make sure that you don't know anything except how nice it is to have a straw bed and a roof over your head. And then you'll fight with each other. Okay, the last part of this is really the hard part because it's some notes that I, I took in, in having to do with some really heinous criminal minds. The ones that are serial killers. The ones that have severe antisocial behavior. And it starts with the intent and fantasy. So when these people are Satanists, their intent is their fantasy. Their fantasy coming true is to do whatever they want. If they want to pull your ears off, they'll pull your ears off and watch what happens. They don't have any feeling for you. Oh, well, maybe they've got nothing but disgust for you, but their disgust is not a feeling. Their disgust is a judgment that you're not like them. That's why the conformity to the mask is absolutely necessary for everybody. It's a torture. It's a sadism. And we're the victims. We're, we're the masochists putting up with this. So the psychopaths have us in bondage. With this comes, these people are obsessed. They're self-centered. They have a lack of empathy. Uh, they have a lack of entitlement and grandiosity. Uh, they're special people, and they deserve more. And so we end up in a situation where the narcissism substitutes for intelligence. Their opinion is right because it's theirs. Now, the para paraphilia that goes with this is sexual deviation. <coughs> That's why the LGBT is so important. That's why the pedophilia is so important. Sexual sadism, bondage sadism, captivity, abduction, right at the top. Think about it. A serial killer? What did Ted Bundy do? Oh, I'm a broken leg or I've got a broken arm. I need help. Yeah, right. And the next thing you know, you've been tied up in captivity and being abducted. Okay, what else is there? Voyeurism. Well, that's part of the fantasy. Then it gets, you know, to the point where you can't handle it. Masochism, of course. Transvestism. Masochistic or 
a replacement for women. Fetishism. Porn, dolls, you know, inanimate objects. Pornography. Scatology. That's, you know, come on now. That's, you get close to eating the shit there. Exhibitionism. Look at me. I can get away with anything. Costuming. Uh, you know, they like dressing up as police and, and fire people, people that you respect normally. And it takes away from the respect of those people that you normally respect. <coughs> Pedophilia. Necrophilia. <coughs> lack of fear, lack of remorse. <coughs> Excuse me. It's why we're dealing with a bunch of amoral people. Where do you get your propaganda? down and they'll burn you at the stake. You rape anybody in my family. Your soul's on fire for eternity. You give them wisdom. You help them get a job. You help them to another class. You give them education. You'll see that light at the end of the tunnel, and it'll be a greeting of everyone you've ever loved. I'd rather be a pioneer than a technocrat. Yeah, buddy, I'd rather be doing it rather than watching it.
And if I'm too much for you, try to catch up, would you? Do I scare you? Not my intention, never was. I want to give that hope. The hope of the good news. Yeah, think about it. When's the last time you heard the good news? Nobody is so bad that they can't repent. Nobody. You might be too stubborn, but it's always there. All you have to do is ask the Lord, forgive me. I screwed up. I want to do better. You hear me, Kathy? Do you? Hey, Gerta, how about you? Here's where I jump off the deep end. How about you, Diana? You hear me? No, sweethearts, it's not about sex, it's about love. And love transcends this world. It is the fabric, the nodes of existence and reality. does it reduces us all to the same love the possibility of eternal love how about you glory bell we got together in high school. But you didn't want to accept me as an adult now, did you? Politically incorrect. Banned! Just a minstrel on a corner near you sometime soon. With the words of love, with the words of life. But can you hear anybody singing on the street? Can you hear the notes? Can you tap your feet? Do you get the real feeling, the real meat? Come on now. Grind those teeth. 
That's right, the Lord is God. Let the peoples rage. my love letter to the universe you hear my heart speaking speaking singing dancing it's all good for you did you know that dancing is really a wonderful exercise not just for the body either about your very essence, your shushuma, the backbone, the, the canal. It's got a beat now, doesn't it? It's got a swing and a sway. It's got its own steps. One of us has our own song to sing. like this before? You have if you've listened to me. I started back in the 60s on radio, blending the tracks on the old record player, the turntable. Had a couple of them in PSAs. Yeah, waiting for the electrician and Purple Haze. Quite a story listening to the two together. remember one night I got a call. Is that real? Is that real? Is that real? Is that really real? And you know what I said? You know what I said to that caller? In between flipping one record onto another, You know what I said? Not only is it real, it's live. Okay, let's continue this after my coughing fit. And by the way, that's not from COVID. It has to be from old age. Uh, things slow down, they get congested, Um, you start falling apart, but it takes a while. I'm still here. 
So, with this amoral Antifa taking advantage of the innocence of children who actually don't know about being civilized. That's why there used to be spankings. That's why it took a time for people to develop and be responsible for their own actions. Giving a hammer to a 12-year-old and telling them to go hit people in the head is like throwing a rattlesnake in a, in a gathering and somebody gets it on their head or it stops at their feet and somebody's going to get bit. They know that. So, the whole COVID thing is designed to keep you ignorant so you can't organize, maintain access where you can go to buy stuff. Oh, really? And to create a preoccupation. You've got to see if other people are wearing their mask. Attacking the family unit. Oh, the youngsters know better than the old people. The old people are old fuddy-duddies. It's not the will to power. That's theirs. The will to wisdom is what human reason is about. Not just logic. But if you ain't looking for wisdom, what are you looking for? So they're attacking the family unit and taking advantage of the young who are uneducated. And whatever education they've had has been rewritten and they change things to where they don't make sense. They, they say that somebody who has done some good did a little bad too. And so you can't, you can't look at the good that they did. Newsflash, none of us are perfect. I know the 12-year-old and 16-year-old may assume that they're perfect. But believe me, none of us are perfect. And we find that out in life one way or another. They also attack the privacy of the church. Did you know that the privacy was, was part of the conscience? You don't have to confess to just anybody. You don't have to confess to anybody. It's a private thing. So where's our privacy these days? Well, the new church is the Internet. There's no privacy. And everybody goes every day, and they take their communion of whatever's on their feed. And guess what? Those of us who have been truthful are no longer allowed on public media. Isn't that fun? I can't get on Twitter because I expose their beast, their computer, their artificial ignorance of data sets and data criterion. That's all they care about is the most simplistic, boring programming that they use because they can use it on you. Simplicity. Remember, repetition. Play a game. Do it over and over. You get a few points. You can even have, you know, fake money on some of the games. Social conformity. You see that everywhere. It's not a matter of public health. It's a matter of conformity. Everybody's doing it. What's wrong with you? And they minimize the, any tax protest to it because we're all in this together and we're going to give you $1,200, but we're going to give billions to the one percenters. So be happy with your crumbs. And then they have to stabilize the consent. Every, you know, they got to have some stability that everybody's doing the same thing and believing the same thing. So they tighten control of the variables. What are the variables? Going to work? Going anywhere? Going out to enjoy yourself at the park? Taking a walk? Taking a bicycle ride? What have you had to curtail? 
I've had to curtail just about everything. Establish boundary conditions. That's the way they do 2 plus 2 equals 5. They repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and give you some weird little answer, like I'm counting the spaces and not the, the numbers. And all they do is use logic. It's not reasonable. That's why I've always maintained that logic killed the Jews. It wasn't reason. And then you maximize the control by reducing the resistance. If you don't comply, you can't buy food. You can't travel. You can't go to work. You can't have the internet. You can't have a phone. We're going to put you in a virtual box and we're going to call it your home, but it's really your cell. And then eventually the collapse of the currency because then there's no faith of the American people in each other. It doesn't matter. Are you going to pay me what? You don't have any money. This is what I've been trying to say about Gatesy for a long time. How can he have billions? He's got billions in debt. He stole a lot of the debt, yes. He's a real creep, by the way. I met him when he had just basically finished uh, quitting Harvard and before he made his deal with IBM. And, you know, he's a slime bag. He really is, and he's not bright. I had nothing but disdain for him when I showed him, you know, digital publishing before it was big. It took years. But he said to me after he saw how you could take a, an apple and write a paper on it and send it over a very slow modem and have it ready typeset within about 20 minutes and you could put out as many books as you wanted. And he turned to me and he said, what's that good for? What are your goddamn vaccinations good for, Billy? I want to see you take it. I don't want to hear you took it. I want to see it. I want to see it go in to your bloodstream. I want to see it in your skin. I want to see the pattern. I want to watch you moment to moment while you go through your agonies. Oh, it's going to hurt a lot. Fuck you. It's going to hurt you a lot. Not me. Okay. Diversion, the primary strategy, obviously. You pick a subject, you drill it, and you don't let people off of that subject until they're so tired of hearing it they say, yeah, whatever. This is achieved by disengaging their minds, sabotaging their mental activities, providing a low-quality program of public education, mathematics, logic systems, design, and economics, and discouraging technical creativity. While engaging their emotions, increasing their self-indulgence and their indulgence in emotional and physical activities, by unrelenting emotional affrontations and attacks, mental and emotional rape, by the way, and constant barrage of sex, violence and wars in the media, Keep that, you know, keep you up on the edge of your seat, especially, you know, the TV and the newspapers. It's bad enough with the Internet now. But if you watch TV, I haven't watched for years because it really is bad. And giving them what they desire in excess. Junk food for thought. You want more games? We got games. We, we got games that we can plug into your head and you can just go to sleep and play games forever. But you won't be living a human life at that point. You'll be driving yourself, and they'll be doing it. They'll help you of what you really need. In the process, they'll rewrite history and the law, and they'll subject you to the deviant creation. Isn't that what we're seeing, a deviant creation where pedophiles are supposed to be really cool? 
people who say that they're women but they're men, people who may have gone through that because of evil men convincing them there was no other way, and we are not kind enough to accept them back. And I'll tell you, as a man who went through that, all men say, we all fuck up. Okay, I fucked up. Let's move on. And so all this junk food deprives them of what they really need, an authentic life, an authentic society, an authentic government, an authentic world, an authentic vision for the future. And then these preclude, these ways of diversion and their primary strategy preclude any interest in and discovery of these silent weapons of social automation technology. And they will be very glad to see you as an automaton. And so hooked up that you'll be like a drug addict. You'll do anything for it. Remember the Matrix? I know this steak isn't real, but I don't care. It tastes like it's real. I have the experience of it being real. So this is a rape of your very sense of humanity and what it means to be a human being with all the ups and downs, with all the good and all the bad because you're going for power, not for wisdom. If you're going for wisdom, you'll understand exactly what I'm saying. There'll be no problem. A lot of this is just how much women are evil. That's why men are now women. Women are unnecessary. Women know that men are truly unnecessary. Very few of us are necessary. So we have this whole understanding that uh, men are disposable, but women, they're the only ones that make babies. They need our help, but they make babies. And that's the, that's the continuation of whatever this human experience is, that the demons around us want to stop. They want to stop the birth and death cycle. I'm not afraid of death. I've had a very interesting life. And I continue to have an interesting life. I'm, I'm engaging in another adventure in about another week. And maybe I'll keep on with the podcast. Maybe not. I'm pretty sure that not many people are listening. People tell me all kinds of lies about, oh, I've got you on speed dial or whatever. But when I look at the one listen, one view, maybe three views on one thing, I realize that I'm talking to myself. I'm probably not even reaching you. How could I reach you? Paranoia, hyperattention, feeding on your fear. Because you're the prey and they're the hunters. There's a sexual sadist looking for you and the pedophiles. They want to capture you. They want to kidnap you. This little tirade has been based upon what I read from Roy Hazelwood, the FBI profiler, who brought up that the whole thing about these people who were severely maimed at some point in life and were serial killers with really weird um, impulses, ritualistically motivated, without guilt, rationalizing that they're supposed to be able to do this. 
and they're intelligent and bored. Think about that. How many people are now diddling with each other? They like to just say something and let you respond so they can watch you, like they're a psychologist, like they're, like they're Fauci, like they're Bill Gates, like they can look down their nose at the little ant that you are. The Lord made me quite aware that the ant is a very industrious creature. Small, we are small. But I think it was Solomon who said, consider the ant. The Lord said to consider the ant. Ho, ho, ho. That's, that's one of the things I'll tell you right now about my spiritual path. And I've experienced more than once. There's a lightning flash that goes through your entire body. And it's a promise. It's a promise that there is a God. It's a promise that there's a good God. There's a promise that that God actually saves us lowly little sinners no matter what we've done. How about that? No matter what we've done. And how is that possible? How is it possible to have a full body lightning flash? How is it possible to hear the old so-called gods, Mercury, Cupid, you know, name them, Apollo. I'm sure that some of you people, if you listen carefully, you're going to know what I'm talking about because on nitrous oxide, it all slows down because you're going so fast, you're exhilarated. And all of a sudden, when I did that for an extended, oh, month, two months, whatever it was, I could actually be at a level where I caught the audition of them talking to each other. Not now, Cupid. Not now. So with that, I'm going to let it go. It's all about power to them. And I'm about wisdom. So I have nothing to be afraid of about revealing who I am, what I've been through, and the fact that I'm willing to continue living life even if I get a cold that turns into pneumonia that turns into my death. Because I'm going to try not to do it. I'm going to try not to eat junk food. I'm going to try not to listen to junk science. I'm going to try not to even watch the junk TV. I hope you'll do the same. Well, now, I think you got to know that there have been some real, real cool people. One of them was Bat Masterson. I think, in a lot of ways, I'd much rather be like like Bat than almost anything else. I'll, I'll tell you why. This is the first, first episode. 1883. A showdown. A double showdown was brewing in the colorful life of Bat Masterson, the man who became a legend in his own time. The writer. Okay, that's how it starts. A legend in his own time. He was actually... He was real. Now, at the end of this first um, season, at the end of the first episode of the first season, and it had Gene... Uh, what was his name? Indian fighter, army scout, buffalo hunter. Anyway, you heard that. We're going we're gonna to play that one again. So, he was so famous... He did so many different things that in watching his life and his stories and knowing that he was real. 
During his eventful life, he earned the reputation of being one of the West's most colorful marshals and gunfighters. Wherever there was excitement, wherever there was trouble, you'd find him. Indian fighter, army scout, buffalo hunter, at a later age, uh, sports reporter, and as you just saw, professional gambler. His tools, his trademarks were his cane, his derby, and his custom-built six-shooter. Bat Masterson was known to be an amiable fellow by nature and never killed when killing was unnecessary. But he was considered a great threat at all times. He was liked by most men, and certainly his enemies respected him. Stories about him are legion. As a matter of fact, the incident you just saw at the Oriental has become legendary. Actually, there are two versions of the now famous card game. So there you go. A real personality back in the 1880s. And in watching this, I realized that because I was born in 1949, my grandfather was born in 1899, and my great-grandmother came over from Chicago in a covered wagon. So I'm watching this 1880 stuff. There's nothing but dirt roads. Yeah, that's what the old wagons went on. And it was tough and it was dangerous. And then my grandfather, well, he grew up when the trains were coming in. As a young man, he was able to get a job on, on the Pullman. And then he had a daughter, my mother. And my dad married her. And in, in their growing up, there were cars. There were some streets, and cities were beginning to be built. The Golden Gate Park had just been filled in and was no longer just a sand dune. That's in San Francisco, for those of you that don't know. And it's a beautiful park. And it's really beaten down by those nasty winds off of Land's End. But we were pioneers. I'm a pioneer stock, and I resonate with this. I like the horses. I don't need a chip in my head. I need a bright, starry night when I go to sleep. And the trees all around, and a campfire. I need the, the exhilaration of adventure. And I think that I've been Bell Star the Outlawyer, and I know my enemies respect me because they haven't killed me yet. I may not be Bat Masterson, but I've had some definitely fine stories. And I hope that you'll look for them at your favorite bookstore, Barnes & Noble or wherever around the world, for banned politically incorrect. Because... As one person said to me in San Francisco one night when I was returning from Occupy in 2011, he walked up to me out of the darkness and said, you're historical. <laughs>